Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 460, September 18th, 2020. The high, uh, record high on this day was 93 degrees in 1891. Uh, it was as chilly as 32 degrees in 1929. And I want to mention tomorrow, uh, the record high tomorrow was 94 degrees. That was 1895. 33 degrees in 1991, but most importantly, the first mention on the calendar of snow. Uh, a trace, a trace, a trace of snow uh, tomorrow, uh, September 19th. A trace of snow in 1927. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Are we joined by Sean, Chris? Yes, we are, sir. Sean uh, Anderson is the uh, afternoon drive anchor on WTOP, uh, one of our affiliates in uh, Washington D.C. and uh, Sean, you had a hell of an interesting interview with Dr. Fauci. Yes, I, I did, uh, Joe. I, it was definitely uh, very interesting and very timely because of uh, what's, what's going on with both the possibility of coronavirus and the flu coming together at some point this year. And also, uh, I had to ask, ask Dr. Fauci about the so-called rift between President Trump and the CDC director, Robert Redfield, and they seem to have differing views about when a vaccine might become available and widespread to uh, try to fight coronavirus. So it, it, uh, it worked out pretty well. Sean, we want to talk to you because you're going to be the closest we get to Fauci because you're, yeah. uh, you're, you're in the center of the action there. And I want to bounce a theory off you. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible, given what we know now about uh, Trump's remarks to Woodward, which sounded uh, terribly, he sounded terribly informed uh, on the in the Woodward interviews, and then mm-hmm. he goes, and in, and in public he was saying quite the opposite. Here's the, here's the theory one of our garage logicians came up with. Do you think uh, Trump and Fauci got in a room and Trump said, you be the good guy, I'll be the bad guy? I'm going to say no, and I, and I have nothing to base that on. Uh, I have interviewed Anthony Fauci probably a dozen to 14 times over the course of 20 years or so. Uh, that, you know, that, that's an, probably a good estimate. Um, he is such a straight shooter, and one of the reasons why he has survived as long as he has as in his position as the director of the uh, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases is that he has been a straight shooter the whole time. He does not play politics. Now, on one hand, Dr. Fauci might have the most difficult job in Washington right now. He is in the position of trying to inform the country, trying to advise the president, and trying to do it in a way that both is uh, true to his instincts as a, as, a medicine, as a medicine person and as a scientist, and trying to keep the ear of President Trump. So he's doing a delicate diplomatic dance with a lot of his comments, but I would highly doubt, and again, I, I don't have anything to base it on, but I would highly doubt that he 
struck any sort of political deal with President Trump. I, I think I phrased it wrong. Not good guy and bad guy. Uh, uh-huh. I can I can make it a more charitable uh, analogy. Do you think Do you think Trump said, "Look, I'm going to calm the country, but you say what you have to say"? Um, given that Dr. Fauci at times has openly contradicted the president when he has made statements that he felt that were uh, factually inaccurate or weren't supported by data that he had at his at hand i, I just I, I i can't see that you know, I, I can't see that president trump is the kind of person who would like to be uh, contradicted publicly and right. uh, and and dr fauci had no bones about doing it i think he picked his spots but he he chose his spots very carefully and was willing to do it so i i again I would have to doubt that that good guy, bad guy, an open good guy, bad guy relationship was in effect. Have you ever had a one-on-one with the president? No. Okay. Do you have you tried to? Oh yeah, we 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 tried to we we tried to call the White House, you know, upon occasion and say, hey, you know, he'd love to talk to the president any time. This goes back to many presidents. But uh, right. no, I've never had a one-on-one with with uh, President Trump. How do you think Fauci is, uh, if, in my estimation, out here in the middle of the country, uh, Fauci certainly seems to be held in high esteem. And I agree with you that he has really been walking a tightrope, hasn't he? <laughs> it's just amazing. Mm-hmm, yeah. he, uh, he is quite, uh, he must innately be a diplomat. I think he's had to learn diplomatic skills, and that goes all the way back to when he took over the uh, the uh, allergy and infectious disease department at NIH back in 1984, and that was when the AIDS crisis was burgeoning, and there weren't a whole lot of answers at that time, and he was put into the position of having to try to find a way to mitigate the crisis while taking in... Uh, a lot of criticism from the LGBTQ community who felt that the government was dropping the ball and trying to find a solution. At first, Dr. Fauci was very strong in his data-driven beliefs, and he to the point where maybe he didn't feel that he could allow the research to go forward as quickly as it eventually did. He eventually sat down with people in the the AIDS, HIV, HIV prevention community and listened to their concerns and eventually came around to saying, okay, let's, let's boost forward some of this research on vaccines and medicines and, and try to come up with a solution faster than we would normally do. And mm-hmm. I think that that was a, a key point for him in his career and has allowed him to go forward and, and be more of a diplomat as, as he's gone along. Can people go to the WTOP website and hear your interview? Yes. Okay, it's available then to the public. Did you yeah. sense, do you sense in your numerous conversations with Fauci, do you sense any growing optimism on his part to, for the COVID uh, solution? Yes, I do. Okay. He, he uh, in recent months, I would say, once he started getting more data about what's going on, uh, he's a very – the thing to know about Dr. Fauci is he is data-driven. He doesn't really tell you his opinion on something. He at least – he'll tell you what he thinks based on what he knows, based on the data he has available. And as the data has unfolded over time and has, and has as 
the vaccine research has moved forward, he seems to be more positive about getting an effective vaccine ready relatively soon, maybe not as soon as the president would like, but maybe sooner than a lot of other health experts believe is possible. So I would say that he is more on the optimistic side than on the negative side. At the same time, though, he's also realistic about how difficult it is to have a widespread vaccine, get millions of Americans vaccinated relatively quickly. And if you listen to the interview that he uh, that we did with him yesterday, he was very uh, diplom- both diplomatic but truthful. I mean, he mm-hmm. said, hey, the president's right. We might have something by November, December. But Dr. Redfield is right, too. Getting a, a, a vaccine out there for millions of people, it, it's going to take time, and you have to be realistic about it. No, we recommend uh, that people listen to the interview. It's uh, It was uh, done well, and uh, as you say, extremely timely with the uh, oncoming flu season. I think Fauci's worried about that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I guess we're still supposed to get our flu shots. Uh, yes, he, he's, he's definitely in that corner. Absolutely. Right, right. Aren't you an old sports guy? I am. Uh, yeah. You and I both uh, once did sports for a living. Yeah. <laughs> you did it much more successfully than I did, but uh, yeah, we, I am. <laughs> Don't give him any credit, Sean. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've, you've landed on your feet, Sean. I mean, that's uh, that in Washington, D.C., WTOP is the, uh, is the news center of that town, if I'm not mistaken. I, uh, uh, not only ratings-wise, but you, you have great staffing and, and, and uh, great abilities to, to get the likes of Dr. Fauci on, you, on the air with you and you're on every day from in the afternoons right yes i am uh we've had uh, we've had an unusual schedule because of covid usually i co-anchor with uh, hillary howard from two to seven and actually we're going to start co-anchoring again but for about six months we've been doing one hour on one hour off because one of us i'm working in the studio she's working remotely and until recently we didn't figure out how we could you know truly do an all-news program you know to you know make it work technically but uh yeah i've been doing it uh been at wtop during the afternoons for 22 years that's fantastic that's a in the radio industry that's a that's an amazing run you're you're to be congratulated and again i want our listeners to go to wtop and and uh, listen for themselves your interview with dr fauci yesterday Joe, thank you so much. It was it was a pleasure doing it with Dr. Fauci. I always love to hear from him, and it's been a pleasure to be with you. Thank you, sir. We'll be in touch. Okay, thanks. All right, thank you. And I will provide a link to both garagelogic.com. I also put the, uh, the link to that interview with Dr. Fauci up on the GL Facebook page as well. Sean Anderson, uh, they can pick up the phone at WTOP, and they can, That's they can power. get they can get Dr. Fauci. That's right. They're streaming. I love listening to their stream. Greatest news station in the country. Yes. Just love it. Well, and uh, I do have uh, contact information now for Lacey Johnson. Uh, what? Yeah. Uh, here, I'll read it to you. Uh, Phone number. <laughs> Nia Moore, Deputy Campaign Manager, Lacey Johnson for Congress. Hello, we have received a request for an appearance from Lacey on Garage Logic. Sorry for the late response. Lacey would love to. Let's talk dates. And I got this yesterday, and I said, tomorrow, question mark? I, I haven't heard back. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow is today already. Uh-huh. I haven't heard back, so I'm, I'm just going to... Uh, wait for her to respond to that say we have news here uh let me get this out of the way right away because right. out of the way no uh, 
and it addressed something me, right away. I want to address this right away okay. because you all should be embarrassed, and I'm embarrassed. Yeah, I'm embarrassed too, and uh, I had a feeling when we were talking about it, we were uh, striking out. See, that's why you guys need to get down in the gutter with me and Rook, because uh, we're never embarrassed. We just know we're stupid. Yeah, well, he could have... Is Rook here today? Well, I accidentally sent him an invite to the StreamYard link, and uh, he's been uh, he's been joining us via video. Downing writes, kids these days. I wonder how many millennials could have told us that the sinking of the Lusitania on May 7, 1915, sparked America's entry into World War II a mere 26 years later. They might have thought it had more to do with the attack on Pearl Harbor, December 7, 1941. Also, you failed to get inside Rookie's head on the Bobby Hull story. Rook, playing the starstruck fan, said, Remember that time you were in the air? He was thinking of the famous photo of Bobby Orr, not Bobby Hall. And finally, Reavers explained. And finally, Reavers explained that Cincinnati and Cleveland are connected by International Highway 71. Yeah. International? Yeah. Aren't Cleveland and Cincinnati both still in the United States? Let me just give myself this one. Yeah. John Thorpe notes, uh, Mayor, the uh, RMS Lusitania was sunk on May 7th, 1915. It had nothing to do with the United States entering World War II. You might want to look at the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. That's when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor, That's right. It? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. right. Let him go. He's on a He's roll. He's on a roll. <laughs> and Kelsey, it sunk in 1915. You guys were off by one world war in a quarter of a century. How ironic that you butchered this while talking about the ignorance of historical knowledge yeah. of today's kids. Yes. When yes. you're right, Kelsey, you're right. Oh, and wow. we're, we're, uh, yeah. We weren't right. We, uh, we weren't right. That's a whole bunch of changes. Just get it all thing. in there yeah. for all of us. And uh, we might need another couple of contributions. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yesterday... That was, boy, that was a collective effort on Dom, wasn't it? Boy. I apologize to the GLers. Yesterday I mentioned, and I went upstairs and brought it back downstairs and read it to you on the air, this uh, offering I was mailed to receive a ballot. And I got a note from uh, Daniel, who writes, in the interest of being fact-based, I hope you'll revisit the mail-in ballot application you read on the air. I got the same one a few days ago, but identified it as not being entirely legitimate before I even opened it up. Through it, you reading it made me fish it out of the garbage to verify my first take on it. What you read is not from the government, but rather a pre-filled out ballot request form from an organization called the Center for Voter Information a 501c3 organization with a particular bent to target voters to the left, those who typically don't vote, young people, people of color, and unmarried women. So yes, the term easy is mentioned over and over again to manipulate those readers. Although requesting a ballot is a pretty natural sort of activity to be promoting, I take issue with the blatant attempts to appear official and the seeming political bent they promote. They even go so far as to include a return St. Paul address, which appears to be a P.O. box at a local UPS store, but it was mailed from Pennsylvania per the postage. You will note they mention the Minnesota Secretary of State and election officials in the first line to play off their authority, but not by name, of course. 
It's all designed to deceive. It's dishonest. The small print is there, but most people give up before they get down to the bottom. And then he directed me to a Wikipedia piece on the Voter Participation Center. It is exactly as he described. So I emailed Daniel back because uh, I tore mine up, so I can't put it back together and read it. What I want to know <laughs> you, is... You what? <laughs> yeah, tore it you up. tore it up. That's fantastic. What I want to know is, would they have sent me a legitimate ballot? And can mm. they? Mm, boy, that's a good question. I dare not speculate, but it does sound shifty. Oh, it's terribly shifty. Uh, uh, Who do we address this to? Uh, I suppose the Secretary of State. Yeah, it'd be fun to get to the bottom of this. It's, uh, it's starting today. Uh, Voting in Minnesota has started today. I saw lines already, Joe. I, I, for the life of me, don't understand it. A lot of people out. Uh, voting centers will be open for 46 days starting today, as officials are encouraging people to vote early. Thursday, Minnesota Secretary of State Steve Simon also announced that every registered voter in the state will soon receive a letter that will include an absentee ballot application to encourage them to vote from home. So the one I received is not legitimate and not from the Secretary of State. Uh, many individuals still choose to vote in person, said Grace Walk-Lorowitz, the Minneapolis Elections and Voter Services Director, but a number of people may want to skip the lines entirely and vote by mail. The name of the game this time around is voting through the mail, which we expected and which we wanted, said Hennepin County Elections Manager Ginny Jelms. The Minneapolis Convention Center is where workers are setting up their operation and sorting through 114,000 ballots, which they're preparing to send out today. It will be done safely, securely, and accurately, Walk Lorowitz said. Hennepin County officials told Five Eyewitness News they have nearly 328,000 requests for absentee ballots. In 2016, that number was 26,000. So you're seeing a 12-fold increase in the number of people who have requested their ballots, Jelms said. With an increase in absentee ballots, officials stress that they will be longer to count. It will take longer to count. We know those results that we report on election night aren't going to be the final results because we're still receiving absentee ballots for a week after the election. Mail-in ballots can be dropped off at certain locations, and for those worried about their vote being counted, Walk Lorowitz tried to ease concerns. It is secure. That is a priority of mine, and that was discussed extensively to make sure all our workers have that confidence that there is no chance of funny business, Walk Lorowitz said. Funny business. If you want to track the status of your absentee ballot or find an early voting location, you can click here on that Channel 5 story. Uh, and then I have this news, which... Minnesota will begin sending letters to every registered voter who hasn't already existed, I'm sorry, who hasn't already requested an absentee ballot, encouraging them to vote from home during the early voting window that starts today. So presumably I'm going to get another letter because I, I haven't requested one. Right. Keep Minnesota number one in voter participation. Help slow the spread of COVID-19, the letter from Secretary of State Steve Simon will say, according to a copy provided reporters yesterday. Simon and elections officials across the state are preparing for voters to shatter the previous record for early voting, which was 24% in 2018. 
Polls of Minnesota voters suggest that more than 40% plan to vote before the November 3rd election and avoid the polling place on Election Day. Minnesota Republicans, with great justification, I'm adding, questioned this mailing. So the Secretary of State is using taxpayer dollars to encourage the DFL's fear-mongering about voting in person being dangerous. Will he also be sending a letter telling people that grocery shopping is dangerous? Tweeted Betty Al- uh, Becky Allery, Executive Director for the Republican Party of Minnesota. A spokesperson from the Secretary of State's office said it will cost $1.1 million for postage and printing. In Minneapolis, elections officials are preparing for up to 70% of the city's voters to vote early. There really is some fear-mongering here about getting to the polling place. As I said yesterday, if that many people are going to vote by mail, I I think that the voting in person is going to be a walk in the park. I can't predict that. I I, I don't know. It's it's hard to predict that. You would think so, though. And I I have heard that a lot of people, I mean, people that I've come in contact with are voting through the mail or absentee voting. Mm-hmm. Voters have until election day to postmark their absentee ballot, but election yeah, officials yeah. are urging them to return it quickly. In Hennepin County, uh, 1,454 ballots were thrown out after the August 11 primary, and almost all of them were postmarked the day after the election. There's just a giant rat here someplace, and I just can't get. I just can't identify it. There's just a giant rat here someplace. I have to admit, I don't. I do not feel the. Uh, uh, I don't know fear or angst that you feel about this. So I'm kind of waiting for you to find the rat and. I think about it a lot. It's. Uh, Again, voting, which used to be such a cherished and simplistic ritual in this country, uh, it, to my way of thinking, has become uh, terribly uh, bollocksed up. Uh, absentee ballots, this and that, and the other thing. Who's mailing them to you? I, I just don't. Uh, I just don't understand. I guess we've uh, come to a point in culture where it's just too much to expect people to take this. Uh, right to vote seriously. Uh, I guess one part of the rat that I don't like is the effort to get so many people uninterested in voting to vote. I feel that disenfranchises people who take the time to understand what's going on. Well, like your phrase, his vote counts just as much as mine. You right. know, when we lament someone's stupidity. As well, we that's just across the board. That's You guys, that's across the board, though. It's not just in reference to mail-in or absentee balloting. It's across the board. I mean, everybody has, for quite a while now, has really heavily promoted the voting, and I've always felt like they're marketing to people that don't vote. You know what I mean? Well, yes. of course they are. That's that's yeah. part of the rat I smell. What right. What is the desperation to have someone totally uninterested and totally uninformed to vote. Because That's, it's it seems like it's coming from the left, Joe. Yeah, of and course it, seems it is. it like they're trying to promote their party without actually saying that. No, I, I, I understand completely. This, uh, this outfit that I got the uh, fake letter from, uh, they... They say we, we, we are directed at women of color and unmarried women and, and what have you. And what they're trying to do is 
stir up interest and they they're trying to make it as easy as possible for people who have no earthly idea what they're doing to mail in a ballot in the hopes that the people who have no earthly idea what they're doing will be stupid enough to vote for the likes of AOC for example so the the informed people of the country uh, have their work cut out for them to make sure their voice is heard no offense intended and I don't mean with, to hurt you with all due respect Be. with all due respect <laughs> I get the feeling that your reluctance to accept the mail-in balloting is along the same lines of you paying cash at the gas ooh, station. Ooh, ooh. That's fair. Could, could that sure. simply be the answer? Sure. I cling. I'm clinging to what are becoming antiquated phenomena, antiquated Conventions. I cling. I cling to antiquated conventions. Kenny, you're right. I mean, as see how I did that, Reavers. Yeah. I made him admit it instead yeah. of me. I, I, yeah. you, given how much you love the post office, yet you hate mail-in voting. Right. Yeah. Right. Boy, you um, are a enigma wrapped up in a mystery, sir. I love the ritual. I, I I'm a. I'm an engaged citizen. You are, yeah. and I don't. I don't fear COVID going to the polling place. Uh, based mm-hmm. on my experience there during the primary, it's a walk in the park. It's it's. But you be... know, nobody votes in the primary. Come on. No, I know it was virtually empty. There was one point made though that I thought made a lot of sense in that some of these po- polling places they're not large enough, and what they fear is if it's a day where you're having bad weather not as many people will show up because they're not going to stand out in line outside. I, I get that argument. Well, there's another reason. I, I, I like to vote in person. I get to see the woman who I had a crush on when I was in first grade. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. You remember that far back? Oh, Peg. That was like the 40s, wasn't it? Yeah. No, it wasn't the 40s, Kenny. <laughs> Jeez. God, help me. It wasn't the 40s. It wasn't the 40s. Yeah. Okay, 51. <laughs> we've got uh, Patrick coming up. We've got Eric Mishy coming up. Man, we've got too much show today. Uh, great piece in the Wall Street Journal today. Plans for fire protection hit red tape in California. Oh. Dateline oh. Berry Creek, California. As the smoke from the nearby fire-devastated town of Paradise cleared in 2018, Sourdough Slim's town, Local officials in Berry Creek were trying to gain approval of forest thinning projects to help this mountain community avoid a similar fate. Nearly two years after they first applied for approval from the state of California, the contract for one of the projects went out for bidding on September 4. At the same time, work was about to start on another after a month's-long wait caused in part by the pandemic. Then just four days later, the North Complex fire roared through this community of 2,500, wiping out most of the homes and leaving 10 people dead, more than one-third of the total fatalities from wildfires this year in California. I tried to work with everyone who would listen to avoid what happened. Denise Bethune, a Berry Creek Fire Safety Coordinator, said from her son's residence in the nearby city of Chico, where she and her husband had been living since their two-bedroom home burned to the ground. 
Few places have felt the consequences more severely than Butte County, a rural area north of Sacramento where 19 large fires have scorched some 400,000 acres since 1999. What they, what they wanted to do was, well, here I'll tell you what they wanted to do. The Butte County Fire Safe Council on October 26, 2018, received an $836,000 grant from the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection, or CAL FIRE, to remove trees and brush from 234 acres. The plan was to create fire breaks along two of the main evacuation routes and for a development of homes around Lake Madrone. Getting approval to spend the money would take almost two years. While it is impossible to determine how Berry Creek would have fared if the thinning projects had been implemented, local officials said videos of other nearby areas where trees and brush were trimmed showed lower flames that moved slower. Bald Bald Rock and Rockefeller Roads, the two evacuation routes, now have charred cars and trucks on them. Around Lake Madrone, more than 50 homes were destroyed. And it goes on to say that (sighs) bureaucratic paperwork and delays prevented them from cutting the new roads they wanted to do and clearing the brush they wanted to to clear got a clear brush that can't be taken uh lightly uh, in california's problems we've been discussing it uh while there are many contributing factors uh getting a handle on on the management of these forests and the and there are people that know what they're doing uh we've learned that and and here's a perfect example of the people who know what they're doing and submitted the request to the state authorities, uh, literally saw it bungled before them as it took two years to get the approval. And then right. it was too late. It was too late. Right. This was pre-fire cleanup they were worried about, though, correct? Sure. They saw what happened to Paradise, California, and said, we've right. got to get our act together here. Since yeah. yesterday, I've learned something really interesting about forest fires. Also very, very important is cleaning up the forest floor after a forest fire because as we know fires actually do good for microorganisms plant life and then the animals and bugs that that live on those but what i guess is equally damaging is when you have a fire and then you have all the charred remains there laying still standing and laying on the ground and then a fire sweeps through a year later or two years later then the devastation is twice as bad and not good for plant life from what well, I understand. You'll, you'll recall the email we had earlier in the week from a fellow who works in this field, yep. and, and he yep. said, he said, uh, look, there are probably many great things we can still learn from Native Americans, but when it comes to uh, fire prevention, we have many, many people who are up to speed on this, and we find ourselves handcuffed by our betters. We find right. ourselves handcuffed by our superiors. Yeah. Right. We find we find the money disappearing to go to different pet projects. We find all sorts of bureaucratic bungling that is preventing us, which is why I've said you would think this would be job number one in California. Yep. Right. Well, that and controlled burns, taking mm-hmm. care of this and doing this ahead of time. But talking about just the overreach, look at even what Spencer's trying to go through just to add on to his bleeping facility. Right. And he can't, get, something? he can't even get that done. You're talking about Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. Uh, Such success generated by GLers who have made Grunhofer's the meat capital of the world. Spencer wants to add on 2,500 additional square feet, and he's dealing with 15 different agencies. (laughs) And this is in Hugo! This is in Hugo. (laughs) 
instead of sliding a little uh, envelope under the desk to him, he should slide him a pack of brats. Oh, and a meatloaf. I, there you go. I think that would speed the process up. Hey, we got to get this guy some business here. <laughs> Can you imagine if the little town of Berry Creek, California, applied for the correct permits oh. to do what they wanted to do in their forests, and it took them two years? Yeah. How, how is it possible to have 15 agencies involved in allowing Spencer Grunhofer to uh, enhance his business? Unbelievable. <laughs> it's just amazing. Uh, but, but in the meantime, of course, it's still Grunhofer's. It's fantastic. The meatloaf, the bacon, the ham, the burgers, the patties, the brats for the NFL grilling season. And don't forget that famous uh, new one, the Philly patty. Red and green peppers, onions, Swiss cheese, all mixed together in a third-pound beef patty. Put those babies on a hoagie bun. Put some au jus on there. Oh, it's just fantastic. And don't forget a new Bloody Mary brat. That's Put right. a Bloody Mary brat in your Bloody Mary. Boy, that sounds good. It's uh, it's fascinating. It's just been a wonderful, wonderful experience to uh, uh, get to know Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. It's campaign season, and here come the negative ads. The biggest negative ad is the one coming from your insurance company. Talk about negative. Captive insurance agencies increase your premium every six months. The Canopy Group is an independent insurance agency. We only offer 12-month policies, not six-month policies that can increase premiums twice a year. At the Canopy Group... We promise to give clients the best coverage for the best price year after year. Our annual review guarantees it. We have 16 companies and 30 professionals. So as your needs change, we'll make sure to conduct a thorough review of your home and auto insurance with all 16 companies. We'll do the shopping for you. When you receive that next insurance premium in the mail, remember you deserve options. Vote for the Canopy Group. To vote for the Canopy Group and to get a quote on your home and auto insurance, call 800 800- 967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. Patrick? Yes, Joseph. Poor <laughs> Phil. Uh, shoot 79 yesterday. He says, I am really sick of this. And this this probably had to be his, don't you think this was the last year he might have had a chance, given his advancing age? Oh, God, yes. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's gone out and he's played this. The first time he played the seniors, he won, right? Yeah. And they all cheered for him. And I think we'll see him out there quite a bit. He can't play with fellas anymore once in a while maybe if it's one of his familiar courses but uh, mm-hmm. uh i don't know he's uh, you know the the idea that somehow he was going to go to wingfoot and uh, make one last charge uh, as romantic as that was he ain't playing that way right now he's not playing with a damn so i'm uh, still haunted by the mistake he made in 06 at wingfoot well i think he is too yeah <laughs> Yeah. I'm more sad for Monty, though. Monty never won one. He's standing in the middle of the fairway, and all he's got to do is hit it. And he's got to be the best long iron player in the world, and he 
jumps it and gets beat, he should have won that one. Monty should have. Everybody talks about Phil, but that was Monty's. Uh, well, I was at his other big chance at Congressional, too. He had a chance to win that one and, uh, and screwed it up at the end. But, uh, you know, Monty uh, waddling off into the uh, sunset without winning a major is kind of sad. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Herschel Mark, uh, Walker's remarks about the Black Lives Matter movement? Boy, he's outspoken. Well, he's also a moron, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why did I know I was going to hear that? Oh, yeah. I, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's. Uh, I think. Uh, what did I call him? Uh, I can't remember what it was, but it, it ended up being in a headline in Sports Illustrated. I, I, some some insult I aimed at him. Was Herschel on the team on during the famous Burnsy tirade? Was was Herschel on the team then? He came in in eighty nine, right? He yeah. came in in eighty nine, and he was in two and a half years. So when was yeah, he had to be here. Burnsy, uh, I think Burnsy was his only coach, right, with the Vikings. Yeah, uh, for ninety one. So yeah, yeah, he had to be here for the, the tirade. But by then they were they were sick about they, you know, they. They like the running back who could go outside and make people miss and then catch a pass. And Herschel was just a straight line runner. Uh, not not Mike Lynn's smartest move. Not because of uh, well, a because of what he gave up for him, but b he did not fit the system. Right. You know, mm-hmm. Bursey and his boys had this little kind of short passing, uh, versatile backs. They could use two or three back system, and all of a sudden he gets him a guy who has to carry the ball 32 times a game. And But we sure loved him that first game when he kicked off his shoe running for the touchdown against Green Bay, man. We thought he was the greatest thing that ever lived. But it was a dumb f***ing play when, he had, when his foot was, uh, shoe was coming <laughs> off up the line screen. We were hiring take timeout. We had a f***ing trap play called, and, and, and his, his f***ing shoe comes off. That, 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 ain't, that ain't Bob Schnelker's fault. Oh. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to treat myself to the unedited version of that over a cocktail tonight. That's what I'm going to do. Hey, uh, fellas, remind me, where did we get Herschel from? Where, where did he come from? Dallas. 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 Okay. And Warren yeah. Moon came from the Oilers? Yeah, Houston. Yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. But I think Warren Moon was just a free agent, wasn't he? They didn't trade. No, that him. was a trade. That was a trade. Danny traded a couple of picks for, for Warren oh, Moon. Oh, did he? Yeah. Did he? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Moon was okay. Yeah. He had the nice vehicle delivered to the wrong house. Let's see. Let's see. That's going to make Christmas uncomfortable. That caused a domestic problem. Yeah, it is. Especially when you throw in a car. Hey, I got hey. A, I got a story for you. I got a story for you. I got one for you, but you go ahead. Tell me. All right, I, I got a guy who tells me that he was enamored with a bright, uh, I think it was a red Maserati convertible, mm-hmm. going down Summit Avenue, and it cut over to Grand Avenue, and the guy reporting this to me was able to get next to it at a red light. And he said to me, he said to me, I swear I was smelling dope. 
And he yeah. looked over, and the guy is hit, taking a hit. And he, yeah. he, went, he went north on uh, Lexington, and the guy I was reporting to me continued eastbound on Grant. But it was, uh, it was the suspicion of the guy telling me this. This had to be one of our local athletes. <laughs> well, that could have been relaxing. That could have been. Sure. Well, uh, because what my guy said, who'd be dumb enough? Yeah, that's okay. Thank you. <laughs> in a car like that yeah. to be smoking dope on Grand Avenue in Lexington. <laughs> yeah. It's bad enough to have your window down, but to have right. the top down. The top down. Come on. Come on. He thought it was one of our uh, he yeah. thought it was one of our stalwarts. Maybe a Viking or a Timberwolf or something. Relaxing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I have glaucoma. I have a car story. I have a car story. I don't want to get too close to identifying who this is, but it's a young person that I know. Mm -hmm. And he's got a family, and they live out in some leafy place in Minnetonka. Yeah. And he gets his car stolen out of the driveway the other night. Uh, He had a nice new SUV. But because the dummy had, you know, not only did they get in there, and then they used the garage door clicker, and they they get it up, and the wife's car is inside, right? Yep. Oh, no. So, so they take the wife's car, right, and his. Mm-hmm. They take them both, but they found the uh, the wife's car, which is like eight years old, with a lot of miles on it. Like, you just kind of turned into rubbish on some street corner. With bullet holes in, and like, like somebody wow. used it for target practice. <laughs> and my first my response was to text him and say, "Your wife definitely needed a new car when they'd rather shoot it than drive it." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was funny. Boy, the crime! Was. What that story tells me is you ain't safe in any neighborhood. No. No. The other thing is, don't park the car in the driveway anymore, baby. There's uh, aren't, aren't we reading stories about this? Uh, some very sophisticated collections of uh, of uh, car thieves that are yeah catalytic converters too, Patrick. If do you, can you tell me what a catalytic converter is, Patrick Royce? I don't know, but my car's got a, a light on that has the engine block. Oh right? God! <laughs> How long have you been driving no. with the light on? No, I had it checked. It's some emissions thing. It yeah. doesn't affect the thing. It's just they must must want me to recheck my emissions or something. Is it really, really loud? Maybe they already got your catalytic converter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is the, light, is the light off? Is the light off now? No, it's on. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can hear the mechanic suit. I got to take it to the dealer. What the bleep do I care about emissions? So well, you're you the, you're the liberal. You're supposed to be concerned about our mother, the earth. Can you I hear am, the I the mechanic suit? The mechanic comes up to Royce and says, "Sir, half of your exhaust is missing. It's missing. <laughs> it's gone. No, it's not. It's running fine. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. But, but it's too late, by the way, Joe. Mother Earth is screwed, so it's too late. I mean. <laughs> Royce, you're the worst liberal I've ever met. You're just (laughs) awful. You're you're awful at being a liberal. Gulf of Mexico, there isn't 100 yards of water that doesn't have a tropical storm in it right now. I mean, they're coming up, they're like like lined up for the roller coaster. This is, 
You're like a Dave Chappelle skit. You have no idea that you're actually conservative, do you? Oh <laughs> you just eight don't of get them down there. There's eight of them down there. First, we got the Trump saying we should pour cold water in the water. That could work. I got a I got a prediction to make, Pat. I got a prediction. Million dollar idea. The air in California is so bad. I bet somebody. I bet somebody's going to figure out how to sell bags of air. Oh, yeah. 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 Bag of air. Bag of air. Yeah. It was weird about four or five days ago before they moved that series. Watching that game in Seattle, man. It was like, you know, it was like the fog game in, uh, in uh, where was it, Philadelphia or football, at, you know, years and years ago. Oh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like that. It was uh, you know, it'd be great is if someone on Twitter would point the uh, the hurricane or the tropical storm and you know use the the, the Trump sharpie and then point it towards California, <laughs> so we could put out all the wildfires. That'd be great. That would be good. Hey, but uh, how about Major League Baseball? You got like California is burning down, right? So yes. Now come up. We're gonna have our uh, our pods where we uh, put all the teams. In San Diego and L.A., let's do that. Okay, that makes sense. Let's let's go out there where they, you know, where Dodger Stadium might be under such a cloud of smoke you can't play. Right. And they're morons. They're unbelievable. How'd you like our uh, our expensive third baseman? What I, I don't even understand. I don't understand it. He hits a home run. Uh, yes. And he still wants to complain about a strike during the same at bat. Yes, which, by the way, would have made the count three and zero, and he probably would have gotten a walk and not got to hit his home run. Oh, right. wow, for God's sake! And the, the thing is, I don't think the ump was going to throw him out, even though it's, he didn't throw him out instantly when he kicked the dirt. But while he was busy kicking dirt, he thought he missed home plate. I think, and then he ran. That's when he ran back, and then the guy threw him out. I think. Uh, that, that that's the way it went because it it, it looked like he ran back and uh, I, I I don't know. You're talking about crazy. Josh Donaldson hit a home run yesterday. Yeah, and, and, and during that at drive. during that at bat he uh, groused about a called a pitch and then he hits the home run. He runs around the bases and when he gets to home he he covers it in dirt. He drags it in dirt, which apparently mm-hmm. is a a sign of his disgust to the umpire. Yes. Yeah. Right. But then. He keeps, then he's running, but then, I don't know, it, it, he didn't talk on the Zoom era. You know, you don't get to talk to these guys to find out why he turned around and ran back. But I think he, it looked as though he thought he might not have stepped on home plate. And you know damn well this guy was waiting to say that he hadn't stepped on home plate if he hadn't. And uh, so he ran back there, and when he ran back, the guy didn't know what he was doing and threw him out because then he kicked more dirt on the plate, I think. But we still haven't gotten Donaldson. Are Morneau and Bremer still here in the Twin Cities? Yes, they don't know any more than you and I do. Okay. They can't. uh, No, they're they're all. And 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 Corey's in town, too? Corey's in town, yeah. Is Lavelle E. Neal in town, or does he get to go to the games? He's he's in Chicago, and I... uh, I think uh, I think Betsy's down there too from your paper. If I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, they've been traveling too. So, right. but it doesn't do you a hell of a lot of good. Huh? I mean, you get to see what's going on, but more so. But you don't get to you don't get any more access to interviews. So. Right. Anyway. 
Well, now they go to the Cubs. They just have to drive across town. No. Yeah, and I think there's a very good chance that the softball that they've been shooting with uh, will be right. Uh, will go right across town with them. That isn't 100 percent sure, but that's the way they've been doing it with umpires. They've been trying to limit the umpires' travel. So uh, it could be uh, all the guys you offended by screaming at them the last couple of days are going to be there screwing you again this weekend. So mm-hmm. I'll be enjoy yourself, boys. So. Remember, hey, is today a day game or a night game? Night game. Remember when they used to have those? Oh, the Friday, Friday afternoons. Afternoon yep. Day games at uh, Wrigley Field. Go oh, verify it, Reavers. Let's not continue to All make right, our mistakes. I'll look it up right verify now. Verify it. Yeah, our not accuracy Friday. the last couple of days, Pat, has been a little off. Pat, we had a rough a one yesterday. Yeah. We uh, we concluded that uh, <laughs> the United States finally entered World War II upon the sinking of the Lusitania. Uh, <laughs> We are off by one war in a quarter of a century. Hitler and the Kaiser. That was awesome. You know, the Kaiser's my relative, so that's not too bad. Oh. The Kaiser. He married a loose. And he married his aunt. I call her aunt. I can't remember what her name is. What are you talking about? The Kaiser. The Kaiser, my family. Yeah. Goes back to, they were like the neighbors of the Kaiser, and one of the, the Kaiser was married to one of the aunt something or other. Really? You know, when it comes to your heritage, you're more shifty than Fred G. Sanford, Gracie. You just keep making it. I don't know. I'm either related to the Kaiser or I'm a, I should be a Metawakatan Sioux. Yeah, yeah, one or the other. And I want my cash. And you haven't gotten a payout from either. I haven't got. I told him I'd take a hundred grand and we could just call it even. Call it even. Yeah. Seven fifteen this evening. Seven fifteen live from Wrigley Field. All right. Uh, Hendricks against Rich Hill. Don't hold your breath on that one. Oh Hendricks boy. is giving up about five hits in a month. I love this open, man. I love that golf course. <clears throat> yeah, they had uh, the greens are too soft right now, but they'll right. uh, probably get them firmed up by uh, by the weekend. But uh, the Tiger Woods can't play anymore, can he? Uh, I'm drawing closer to uh, arriving at that conclusion. As you say, he can still play maybe Augusta. Where he, where he can hit it where he wants to. Well, yep. He can hit it where he wants to. But he's also giving away 30 yards to everybody. That's, yep. uh, you know, when he was the best that ever played the game, he was. they were giving 30 yards to him. You never That's responded different. to my uh, offer that I put yes, on. Yes, I did. I oh, did. I didn't I see it. Oh, you did take it. All right. All right. Bet. Yeah. All right. You guys, thank you, uh, sir. This is Friday, right? Have a good weekend. Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thank see you. See you Monday. Say soon. All right. You know what? You know, what I want to say, Kenny, what I want to say, Kenny, before you say anything, we get constant requests <laughs> to do something I know. about his cell phone. I know. For God's sakes, people say, get him Bluetooth, do something. I've come to the conclusion that we can't. No. It's just it's just too much a part of the game. It's the bit. Right. It's the bit. Right. You yeah. can't understand a bleeping word he says. <laughs> no. It always sounds like he sprawled out on a sofa. Right. You know, I got my head back on the pillow here. Look out well, I've there. seen when he's been interviewed by other stations, and he, he's a pacer. He doesn't sit still. Yeah. Well, I, I'd like to help you, GLers, but he'll, he'll, he'll insist upon this fact. There's nothing wrong with my phone. Right. 
And it wouldn't matter. We could buy him the latest, greatest technology. It's not going to matter. He needs one of these Comrex machines at home. Yeah, well, yeah. We uh, we saw how well that worked when he that, was down in Fort Myers. Yeah, it didn't work too well. Every right. day I'd get the two forty five call. Fix this bleeping thing. Well, Pat, I'm seventeen hundred miles away from you. I don't know what you want me to do. You guys it's like almost, my idea? Somebody's going to sell air in California. Mark my words, I predict it. Someone will figure out a way to sell air. Rookie here for air. <laughs> yeah, get your air right here. Bag of air. Right. It's almost, talking to Patrick, it's it's like talking to a foreigner that has remedial English skills, and you understand <laughs> like every fourth word. Right. And you try to hang with him because he's a nice guy and he's cool and everything, but you're really not sure what you just talked about right. when the conversation is over. Right. I mean, he had uh, me pretty confused there on the Kaiser, uh, you know. Yeah. No, what are you talking relative. about? What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm related to the Kaiser. He, he, he's somewhere. I, I seem to remember a couple of years ago he established that he's a blue blood. So so he's got royalty in his yeah, past yeah, somewhere yeah. along the line. Yeah. You know, there's well, what, a Fulda, Germany. I've been there. A Fulda, oh. Germany is one of the train stops when you leave Berlin to go someplace. Maybe that's why he thinks, no, he had a semi-legitimate reason for thinking this. Mm -hmm. But what surprises me about this guy is that he has no idea that he's a conservative. None at all. Oh, he's, he's, he's as a, conservative as Nolan Ryan. He, he's more conservative than I am. Yep. It, it's hysterical. I'm so not going to worry about the to, earth. I think what we need to do is let's sneak up to dkmags.com, 443 Old Highway 8 in New Brighton, put down the $20, yep. get a pushback GL 2020 yard sign, get over to the valley and stick it in his front yard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love that. <laughs> and then just tell him, that's ah, for the left. Uh, it's for the left, Patrick. Don't right. Worry Don't worry about it. it. Yeah. You can also get one of those at Monticello Pond and Gun on uh, Highway 25 south of 94. Uh, by the way, I was in Monticello Pond and Gun last week. All those guys and gals that work up there, very helpful and honest. No matter which shop you stop into, please be sure to tell them you're a GLer. They'll treat you right. It'll allow this relationship to continue. Uh, and if you're new to firearms, and I know a lot of you are, GLers, you've picked the right gun shop. These guys and gals will answer all your questions and point you in the right direction. If it's home defense or personal defense, if you need information on where to take classes and education, they can send you in the right direction. Again, DK Mags, 443, Old 8 in New Brighton, and Monticello Pond and Gun, 25, just south of 94 in Monticello. Vets, police, first responders, all you folks get a 5% discount. It's a great couple of shops for GLers run by GLers. Great building sites in Sioux Falls are attracting national attention because Sioux Falls is open for business. I'm Dean Diesick from the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. Pay a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. You'll find that Sioux Falls has just what business owners want and need. In Sioux Falls, you'll find talented people ready to go to work for you. Plus, short commutes, safe streets, available land and buildings, fewer taxes, and higher profits. In Sioux Falls, you pay no corporate or personal state income tax, see a significantly lower cost of doing business, and your business won't be tied up, locked down, or hung up in red tape. No matter what size your project is, Sioux Falls has available sites with logistical connections to air, rail, and two interstate highways. 
Expand or relocate your company to Sioux Falls and discover relief from excessive restrictions and costs. It all starts with a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. I got a great email from Jeff, said, Reavers, thank you so much for turning me on to the chill boys. You were right, and trust me, that doesn't happen very often. They are the most comfortable underwear that you will ever own. Chillboys.com, the entire cast here in Garage Logic has made the switch, and so many of you GLers have also decided to make the switch. And thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting our sponsors at the Chill Boys. So here's what you do. Go online, chillboys.com. You go there, you can see their entire selection of, of great performance boxers, boxer briefs, also, really cool line of T-shirts and sunglasses, but they are a local Minnesota company, and they will ship fast and free in the entire United States on orders that are over $40. So when you make your purchase in the little comment section, just let them know that, hey, I made my purchase because I heard about you right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail, Hail you. you. As a very longtime listener, I get most of the GL slang and inside jokes. But as long as you're clearing up the I'll get you a sign matter, I've got another one for you. Let me stop right there. Uh, does that mean Jay uh, understands I'll get you a sign? That stems from, if it hasn't been explained before, uh, these are our friends at Fast Signs. Joe Cop, right? Yes, yes. the, uh, the he, manufacturers he, of the pushback sign. Yes, he is. Yes. Good guy, good guy. It, but uh, my first introduction to him was I was given very minimal copy to do a spec ad for Fast Signs. And none of it made sense to me. So what happened in the studio was it, it devolved into some very childish uh, profanity and humor. Yeah, as we normally uh, do. That we, yeah. we have kept because we, it was Lee Elia-like. It was a tirade that was, uh, that was fun. And it had nothing to do with uh, uh, anger at fast signs. It had more to do with, you know, why wasn't I given more information here? If you really want a spec ad, you got to fill me in with stuff. Anyway, <clears throat> Reavers is still contemplating whether you can clean that up or not. Back in the radio days, during the Sinatra scramble, right after the how did all of these people get in my room line, the Royce yep. Scotland, laugh, Scotland laugh would play, which would be immediately followed by live comments from the staff. That was good. Not even close. That was pretty good. What precisely was being assessed? It might be the only item I haven't been able to figure out yet. Oh. What was being assessed was uh, both Rook and I would hit the, hit the Scotland laugh sounder. And yep. sometimes we were just right on the money, uh, and other times we weren't even close. And a lot of times, Rookie faked hitting it <laughs> when only I hit it so we could say that was perfect. Right. That was perfect. That's what and that was, Jay. If you want to play that game now, GLers, I noticed when uh, you listen to the podcast, when we have to say, hail you, it always comes out different. Right. I'm always late. And then when John's here, John's really, really late. In our headphones, it sounds like we're all saying it together. Perfect timing. Right. But when you listen to the podcast, it's a disaster. Yeah. So it's kind of the same so, thing. So, uh, Joe, before we bring Mishy on, he sent me an email as I was setting up the interview. Mm-hmm. Hey, Reeves, thanks for the heads up. Some quick updates. Are you ready? Yeah. Got stuck uh, in the, going backwards. Got stuck in the mud in LeClaire, Iowa. Got oh, no. stuck in Port Byron in wind so bad I had to turn the raft around three times to go back into the wind to keep from flying over. Oh my oh. god. I got Jeez. my first one I got my first one whistle from a barge, which I didn't understand, despite him 
repeating it three different times, and then I had to meekly ask him what it meant. Met a guy from Minnesota taking his motorcycle on the Great River Ride down and back. I fell into the river while doing a television interview in Battendorf, Iowa. Eric, thank God you're still alive. Eric, are you ever going to get out of Iowa? I, you know what? I think I'm on the cusp of it. You know, as I speak to you, I'm, I'm live broadcasting the show. There is a tug uh, coming relatively towards me. So I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm throttling up a little bit on my ticker motor to get out of its way. Um, Iowa, I will tell you, has been beautiful. People here have been wonderful. Uh, it's going to be packed with lots of adventures. And uh, I'm glad to be able to be out here to share some of them. What does one whistle from a barge mean? So that's a great question. It means that they want my port, the port of my raft, on the port of their barge. Okay. So I, I, and, and it's interesting, when I say that he said one whistle, he literally is on the radio saying one whistle, one whistle. It wasn't blowing one whistle. He was saying. And I knew what that meant, but when you're panicked, you forget everything. And so I asked him what side he wanted. So he told me what side. Now, here's the challenge, Jim. So the area that I was at was a very narrow channel. And so to get on his port side, I had to go into a stump field. And the beauty of a depth finder is not only can you figure out how deep you are, but you can also see where the stumps are. Right. It was literally kind of playing... uh, kind of a game of Frogger with myself. Before I go any further, I'm going to interrupt a second. So I am going by the city of Buffalo two tons. I want to tell you what people are like out here. These tons were coming up the river, and they literally pulled over to the side of the river to let me get by. I think that's awesome. If, you're gonna, if they want you to be port to port, that means you have to pass the barge on the right. So I was going towards the barge. Right, so I was coming forward, coming towards them. They're coming past me. So I'm on their. If I'm coming at them, I got to be on their left side. Right, you have to pass. But to you, you're passing. I get it. I never mind. I don't want to yeah, confuse I, it. I, I know I, what it means. You know what? If, if we talk any further about it, I'm going to screw it up next time. This is a Hope on the River, Eric Mishy, trying to raise money for Spare Key, doing a fantastic job. If he doesn't die, <laughs> <laughs> I do no. So one of the things that's been fascinating, you know, I'm 57 years old, and I have to get up and go to the bathroom like every 11 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the idea of camping. And yet this morning it was like 40 degrees. Oh. Arguments you have with yourself when you're in a sleeping bag, right? Right. You've got to go to the bathroom, but you don't want to get up. And right. um, I haven't figured that one out yet. So well. um, it, it, it's a struggle. Can you tell? Uh, can you tell from Hope on the River website that you're uh, you're gaining followers? I, I can't. I mean, people are people are checking in. People are following. You know, the after the television uh, show last night, uh, we had a ton of people coming on. Every time with Garage Logic, every time I'm on your show, we get more people following. If you can't see me right now, I've actually got the Garage Logic logo up in my live stream. Nice. Yeah. Um, Wonderful. That's what and, I wanted to uh, mention. 
but but people are. I will tell you, you know, we've got we've got one of your sponsors who reached out to me, um, who, who's making a donation for every electric bike and scooter sells. That's uh, EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. They're doing a wonderful thing. They are. They're doing a great thing, and so you know, it is. Um, every single day, I learn something new, uh, and I meet remarkable people. You know, I. I, I I do this column now each week for the Pioneer Press, and right. I got a I got an email from the publisher telling me that he wants me to spend more time telling people what it's like to actually be on the raft and and waking up and where do I go to the bathroom. So expect a much more graphic <laughs> column next week uh, when you see it. Spare key uh, is designed to help families struggling with medical expenses. That's correct. Yeah. Right. So what what we do is we try to help them pay their bills so they don't add a financial crisis to their medical crises. Uh, this week, we uh, September fifteenth, we celebrated our twenty third year, and God willing, with hope on the river and the funds we raise, we will see a twenty fourth year. Eric, all the luck, and we'll we'll continue to follow you, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week, and uh, hopefully you'll be out of Iowa by then. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Talk to you. All right. Thank you. He'll be going right past Alton, Illinois. I was really hoping to. That's get where a my mother's from. That's what it was. I knew there was a connection that really, you had to Alton, really, Illinois. Really hoping to get a couple of questions in there, but you know. Well, for the first time in your life, you didn't interrupt anybody. Oh, I tried. Uh, <laughs> I tried, but what did you want to know? Maybe I can help. Here we go. Well, I'm looking at a video of him right now, and he's wearing a life vest, and I'm yep. worried. Number one. It's not enough. I want mm-hmm. him to have a big, giant life vest on. This is a little blow-up number. Mm-hmm. And I want him to put those floaty things that you shove up onto your bicep because right. he's going to need those. Because yep. that thing isn't going to make it. it Will you I call, mean, can you, you call him back, Reeves? No, don't do that. But when you say ding, ding, I mean, I, I'm worried about well, I know. safety. I know. Well, the, the email that I read from him, he yeah. at the end said... Thankfully, I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> let me see if I can was... clear up. Let me see if I can clear up the barge thing. One whistle, he said, the barge wants you port to port, meaning Michi has to pass the barge on Michi's right, even though even though his his vessel is to the por- is the port side of the barge. Get it? Huh? No. The barge's port side is the left side. The rafts port side is the left side so if they're to pass port to port that means Mishy's going by him on Mishy's right and the barge is going by Mishy on the barge's right this is needlessly complicated why can't we just say left or right okay left b b no the barge never mind i i think it's perfectly clear you, you're you pass each other on the right i got which puts your which puts your left side of your vessels the left facing the each Listerine other. Tango. God she Almighty, sank it's getting nineteen fifteen. <laughs> off by one war and a quarter of a century. Married to the eye. What did he say? Ten cents for a baseball, <laughs> two cents for a bat, and it cost you twenty five cents. Right. Explain. Eric mentioned the uh, great work being done at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. They've had their best year ever in their twelve year history. 
the garage logicians have discovered the glories of the Bentelli e-bike and those wonderful scooters that turn every errand into an adventure and the great recreational equipment for young people, the helmets, the apparel, the great service department. And right now until the end of September, uh, Tim Bloom is donating 100 bucks from every scooter and electric bicycle purchased by GLers or anyone mentioning Hope on the River. He says, with the uh, with the great GLers, we hope to raise another eight to ten thousand dollars to help him out. So these are great sale prices now on all Bentelli e-bikes and scooters. These are the same low prices GLers been paying all summer. You mention Garage Logic when you stop in or Hope on the River, and you're going to get a hundred dollars from every scooter and e-bike purchase until the end of September will be donated to Hope on the River. That's a that's a kind act from EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. This uh, pandemic has sent legions of bicyclists to EcoFund Motorsports uh, to get those wonderful Bintelli e-bikes uh, and all of the other great recreational products. They sell a lot of fun. That's why it's called EcoFund Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Hey, skip the mall and box store and visit the Minnesotan store in charming downtown White Bear Lake or visit them online at theminnesotan.com. The Minnesotan is the perfect gift-giving destination for every occasion and everyone in your life. If you haven't been there, you got to get in. If you have already been there, then you got to go back. Great new items are available all the time, and GLers can ship local and nationally online at theminnesotan.com by using the online code Push back, one word, push back. The very timely Pledge of Allegiance and Let Common Sense Rain collections are now in stock. Wear your pride. Don't forget, the Minnesotan also has your pushback yard signs. Call or text them at 651-755-6401 to reserve yours now. And as always, complimentary beer and hard seltzers are available while you shop. The Minnesotan, downtown White Bear Lake and online at theminnesotan.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Suchere. Well, Suchi boy, I played office this morning. I sent off a check to Aim High Construction this morning. You got to spend money to make money. You know that old adage, right? What a Mm -hmm. great, great investment on our part. Brand new stainless steel glass top electric range, a new deck, a new sidewalk, a brand new kitchen, new central air unit, new front storm door. Oh, and with this new range, we're done. So I sent them the check. That's it. End of contract. I can't wait to receive that forced equity. That's all. That's that's the American dream right there when you're selling a house. Every step along the way with Aim High, it's been wonderful, very transparent. Chris has kept me informed for the whole duration of the project they use the finest quality materials available installed everything with skill and ease that revered revered equity we get out of this house when we sell it's i'm going to tell you the truth it's due to the excellent craftsmanship from aim high construction mn.com without them we wouldn't get it and uh, yeah i'm already in talks with them to help me design a four-car garage attached garage to the farmhouse next summer like UGLers, i'm putting myself on their list for next summer aim high construction worth the wait there are certain things that they can still get done this fall roofs windows being a couple of them but if you have to be put on the list for this winter or next spring, do it, do it, do it. They're the best crew I've ever dealt with, and every single penny was well spent. Log on to aimhighconstructionmn.com 
and get signed up with the very best in the business. Sanibel Jim and his wife often walked the fairgrounds, and he sent a picture of himself sitting on the steps uh, of the building where we did our show for so many years, and he just says, damn COVID. It looks very forlorn, very empty, yeah. but sent a picture of himself sitting on the steps there. Um, Joe? Yeah. I don't know how he was able to, but Gil's on the line again. Gil? Isn't once a month enough? Gil? Hey, are you there? Are you there, Joe? Yes, Gil. Yeah, you doing? It's Gil. I got a couple, uh, couple of things to say just before you. Uh, are you recorded yet? <laughs> We're doing it right now, Gil. They do it right now, so I'll be part of today's cast. That right, I'll go back and listen to it. Yes. <laughs> hey, uh, the big guys in town. We got uh, Biden, and uh, we got the Trump shirt in town, and they're flying all over everywhere. They're going up to. Uh, Bemidji. Do you remember going to Bemidji, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> remember yes, President. You went, up there, you went up there with the, 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 uh, uh, the Rook, and you had the, the show up there at the KKBJ. That's right. KKBJ, over to, over to Beavers, KKBJ. Right. <laughs> President, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump is headed to Bemidji this, uh, today, Gil. <laughs> yeah, I was down there over by the airport, and I went... Uh, I had my uh, my signs, but I, the Secret Service guys came over to to tell me that I can't. Uh, they no, uh, uh, what do you call it? No t-shirts or signs that say the the throw the uh, what did it say? Throw if the you dumpster. Vote, yeah, throw in the dumps. Well, they're your signs, Gil. In the dumpster. Yeah, throw yeah. the yeah. throw the uh, dumpster in the dumpster, and you're all going to be hiding if we get bited. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. But I yeah. see the I see the yet. Uh, he had, he had come around. Well, he's in Duluth, Gil. He's going to Duluth, and the president is going to Bemidji this evening. That probably explains why he didn't see his car. That's right. <laughs> That's, that yeah. would do it. Yeah. How are sales going, Gil? Uh, which which T-shirt is selling better? I ain't sold one yet. <laughs> I ain't sold what? one. <laughs> well, you need some marketing help, yeah, my friend. Bad promotion. You were... One lady came up... You were camped out in front of some diner or something last time we talked to you. Yeah, it was a uh, Max Fish and Chips. Yep. But uh, they ain't open right now. I don't think they're probably open about 11. Okay. You want to go there? No. <laughs> Gil, I, I have to continue the show. Is there anything I can do for you? No, I had a couple other things to say that uh, we had, uh, uh, we, we, we were going to go out to lunch. Me, yep. and, uh, me and Murray, and uh, we, we chose not to. We're just going to go hang out down here and wait to, to try to move some of these sides. But I did have a gal come up to me, and she offered me a uh, uh, a donut and some toilet paper for some signs. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. Where'd she go? Yeah. Remember that video? <laughs> she went right over there. <laughs> yep. She went yeah. right over there. She was, she, that's where she goes. <laughs> So, it's a pretty good donut, too. <laughs> it, uh, oh. That ended up working out. But, yeah. no, yeah, I just called the telly, and I was going to no, be over no, there yeah. watching no, yeah. for the president to come by, see if maybe he, uh, you know, Gil. sometimes they're a little charitable. They you know, offer to buy some T-shirts. Gil? Gil, you should take and go up to Duluth. <laughs> Gil, yeah, or you no? Take, you, yeah, you take and go up there. Gil, yeah. I have a question for you. Or no. Yeah. Where are you 
Uh, right now, I just uh, I just came off a of 494. I'm just running into my own garage. Well, because I oh. got some I got some jokes for you. Well, no, oh, Gil. Jokes. No, oh, how about just hear, one? Let's just let's hear, hear one. A Gil joke. Yeah, I want to hear a Gil joke. Okay, so um, are you ready for this one? Yes. Okay. What did the little mountain say to the big mountain? I don't know. Hey, Cliff. What did what? the, what big, did mountain. the uh, big mountain say to the little mountain? Yep. Hey, kids. Hey, Cliff. Hey, Cliff. Oh. Hey, Cliff. Oh, hey, Cliff. Yeah. Okay. Hey, just Cliff. give me give me one more. I got a, This is a. This is gonna be a good one. I promise. I don't know if I can okay. get that one, uh, this one. Okay. Uh, why do you tell actors to break a leg? I don't why? know. Because every play has a cast. Uh, you guys are tough. <laughs> maybe it's uh, maybe it's time to hang up on him, Sue. Jill, do you remember? Uh, wait, one more. Do you remember the remember the joke I told you about my spine? Yeah, no. it was about a week back. Oh God! <laughs> okay. Oh, oh my God. God! Oh geez! Can't thank oh, you enough for the time. Kill. What's what's red and smells like blue paint? Boy, that's a difficult one. I d- I never heard this one. <laughs> red paint. Smells like what? <laughs> okay. I just smell colors. No, you're killing us, Gil. Gil, you're you're killing us. I think you're going off the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> so the, Me, huh? So the, here's so here's my last one. This is my last oh joke. My this, is, this is what you'll think is funny. Well. So the, uh, Hal is sitting inside the uh, he's sitting inside the uh, hospital room. He's waiting to get some uh, uh, surgery done. So the uh-huh. nurse comes in. He says, "Hey." Uh, he says to her, he looks, he's got the mask on with COVID, so he can't really hear him. And she says, can you check if my testicles are black? No, no. And the nurse says, no, 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 we don't. I, I'm not that kind of nurse. I don't, I don't do this. This is uh, the doctor will check me everything. I don't, I don't do that. And he pressed her again and said, geez, I really wish. Could you, uh, could you check to see if my testicles are black? And oh, she says, no. He stays on her. He finally... She gives in, and she's going to lift him up there, and she takes a, a good grip and a good look. And she says, no, they seem to be, they seem to be fine. And uh, he says, well, uh, thank you for that gesture. He takes his mask off. He says, thank you for that gesture, but what I asked you was, could you check and see if my test results are bad? Gil? Yes, sir. <laughs> you cracked yourself up, huh? Gil, a guy works hard all day. He goes into the diner and he says to the waitress, he says, he says, uh, I'd like a coffee and a piece of pie and some kind words. And she yeah. goes, and, right? And she goes and gets the coffee and, and the pie. And he says, hey, 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 what about the kind words? And she leans over and whispers, don't eat the pie. <laughs> Well, that's little, little, you, you should be on tour, you know, comedy show. Yeah, that's fine. Gil, thank you. Yeah, okay, you guys, I'll talk to you later. If you need any shirts, uh, throw the tubster, the trumpster, and the oh, no. Biden. No, no, no. Biden, Biden. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, right. Thank you, you Gil. you take and go now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Okay. Okay. All right.
<sighs> so uh, President Trump will be in Bemidji this evening. I don't know when uh, Joe Biden is going to be in Duluth. I'm reading a story here about the political divisions that Neither have come Gil, to Bemidji. No. Uh, so, uh, which which candidate will have a bigger crowd, and which candidate will have more protesting? Go. I believe the president will have both. Uh, uh, quite a bit of uh, people at the airport in Bemidji. It's a Friday night in Bemidji. There's a lot of excitement, I would imagine. But I would imagine they'll he'll also face protesters. I would think, being in Bemidji, that he will see a huge pro. Trump crowd no and doubt. very few protesters. Well, there's a big story on NPR today that would contradict you, suggesting oh. that uh, oh. some woke activism has come to Bemidji and that uh, many, many uh, people in Bemidji are not terribly thrilled uh, at the president's arrival. I think many people will be thrilled. I okay. doubt if there'll be any protests in Duluth over Biden's appearance. Uh, yeah, we'll see. The range has recently been turning, so it should be interesting to see what happens. There. I, I agree. I think it's going to be worth paying attention to. I would imagine this will be covered tonight on some news channel, right? You would hope. I think so. Uh, could we return with a scramble, please? Boy, I, I don't think there's ever been a better time. No, it really hasn't. All right. Minnesota and Wisconsin business owners are getting the message. Sioux Falls, South Dakota is open for business. Regardless of your project size, you can expand or relocate your company to Sioux Falls and discover relief from excessive restrictions and costs. Just pay a visit online to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Brought to us by our friends at Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Two locations in South Minneapolis and in White Bear Lake. But don't forget, take advantage if you are inside the 694-494 loop of that awesome delivery service. $5.99 and they will get it right to your door or place of business within typically about an hour. It's a great service. And you know what? Order up some of that Harmony Spirits. I was looking, you guys, at their fall cocktail menu that they have on their Twitter account. They're really cool and creative with some of their craft cocktails at Harmony Spirits. Joel, the Manhattan, I have to believe, is spectacular. Bourbon, sweet vermouth, bitters, cherry, and a little orange quarter. I'm going to have to try that tonight, I think. I'm, I'm in a Manhattan mood for this evening as I listen to the unedited version of the Burnsy uh, tirade. But also, hey, go out to their Twitter account, and there you can vote for them. They are one of 10 distilleries nominated by USA Today as Best New Craft Distilleries for 2020. Go there and give them a vote and ask for them at your local liquor store. That's how they are going to continue to help grow their brand. Ask for Harmony Spirits. Visit their website, harmonyspirits.net, for hours in that tasting room down in Harmony, Minnesota. And, hey, stop in and let them know you heard about it on GL. Uh, it's just breaking now that uh, I've re- I'm receiving a story how a hillbilly brigade saved an Oregon town from destruction. Oh, uh, it's a story of the uh, the locals getting their own bulldozer, clearing. It's in uh, Molala, Oregon. 
Nicole West steered her bulldozer through the smoldering forest, pushing logs into the underbrush and away from the wildfires, ripping through Oregon's Cascade Mountains. Her border collie, Oink, rode shotgun as West and a volunteer crew raced to clear a fire line. Uh, behind West on the front lines of the 136,000-acre Riverside Fire, two young men pulled a water tank behind their pickup truck, struggling to douse the flames. These are the men and women of the Hillbilly Brigade, about 1,200 in all, who came together this past week to fight the biggest fire uh, in a century. They are credited with saving the mountain hamlet of Molala, an hour's drive south of Portland, after its 9,000 residents were forced to evacuate. Wow, in a year when awesome. awesome in a year when ferocious wildfires have killed at least 34 people and burned millions of acres in Oregon, Washington, and California, the brigade has pulled off a miracle in the thick forests around Malala in recent days, residents and fire officials say. They organized and deployed themselves with little or no help from a small and overwhelmed local fire department, which focused on protecting the town center, or they had no help from state and federal agencies that were deployed elsewhere. We were left on our own to stop this, said West, a 36-year-old ranch hand, as she briefly paused her dozer late Wednesday afternoon. There wasn't anybody coming from the state to save us, so we had to save ourselves. Isn't that fantastic? That's how America is supposed to work, Sooch. The Hillbilly Brigade improvised and turned their pickup trucks into fire engines on the fly. They put stock tanks in the beds and put pumps out uh, and used pumps to put out hot spots. They're just regular guys from the area. They are not trained. And they wow. did it. They saved their town. They saved their town. Yep. It's That's a ray it of works. hope, but isn't it also just another reminder of how sad our elected class is? Well, but you can't well, rely you, on them to, in times of trouble to come through for you. You've got to rely true. on each other. But, you Kenny, know? and you sent this to us earlier. And e- emailer Joe sent that to me. Okay, cool. But, yeah. uh, Kenny, you sent earlier. Aren't we discovering that a lot of these Oregon fires are due to arsonists? Well, what alarms me, did Joe check your phone? Because I sent you a text earlier in the show. I sent you two photos. The first photo was I at saw Ariel's. Those, yeah. satellite shot of Oregon shot on August 7th, and we see a few scattered fires. The very next day, August 8th, there are fires all up and down Oregon. And now Oregon officials are saying there's no evidence of arson. And now I'm wondering, are the officials covering something up? Are they trying to protect us from ourselves? Or what's going on here? Because they all kind of follow the same route, uh, Route 5, the, you know, the big the big route there that goes up and down the coast. Well, here, I, I have the story, kind of makes, makes a guy kind of wonder. ABC affiliate in Oregon, Michael Jared Bacala, 41, was charged with arson in connection to a raging wildfire that has destroyed hundreds of homes in southern Oregon. And I had the story yesterday that they released another gentleman. Uh, that, or Yeah, gentleman was released from jail. Hours after his release, he was arrested again. Police say that he started six brush fires in Oregon. Yeah. In the name of what? Right. Social justice or just... Moron ship. I'm trying to see if it's the same guy that I had mentioned. No, this guy, this is a different guy. Domingo Lopez, 45. So there were two different people that were arrested and charged with arson in Oregon. That you have to ban lightning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, back to Joe's original email from the guy about the folks in Oregon. 
That's how GL works. That that is GL right there. That's, we're that's taking it. care of our own. That's why Joe said. That's why these, Joe sent it to me. Yeah, we're we're not waiting for clowns in the government to come to our rescue six months down the road. Well, the firefighters are not clowns in the government. They were overwhelmed, and this no, town local, said to the yeah, yeah this no, town said to themselves, guys. we can't really yeah. expect help. Uh, it's needed everywhere, and so let's just stick it out here and do what we can. Yeah. And they did, yep. and they did it. Yep. They pulled it off. So I, I just I, I looked for Oregon and arson, and uh, former President Barack Obama on September 9th. The fires across the West Coast and in Oregon are just the latest examples of the very real ways our changing climate is changing our communities. Protecting our planet is on the ballot. Vote like your life depends on it, because it does. Wow. Wow. Why did he buy two oceanfront wow. mansions? <laughs> Why, if he's buying this BS, did he buy two oceanfront well, mansions, you, one in Hawaii you know and one in, in uh, Martha's Vineyard. You're asking a rhetorical question, obviously. He knows the answer. Yeah. And that lying tweet that he sent out or wherever you saw that, Chris, that's 100% BS and he knows Oh, it. but Bernie weighed in too, Kennedy. Kennedy? Kenny? Kennedy? <laughs> a half million people Ask in Oregon not, evacuate as wildfires rage. Over 3 million acres in California burned. The western sky is red, an 800-mile... Uh, section destroyed towns in Iowa. The Arctic topped 100 degrees. The Green New Deal has been called expensive compared to what? Question mark. You know what you discover with these fires? <laughs> Certainly a lot of people out west were leading idyllic lives in very small, remote mountain areas. Uh, it's no longer idyllic, unfortunately. But it must have been, I, I, it just must have been heaven. Uh, some of these locations must have been just gorgeous. And and yeah. and many of the people living there had to know the risk. Fires are not uncommon. Uh, Five hundred thousand acres a year burn in Oregon. But again, I, I I would imagine it would take some political willpower to make this kind of destruction minimalized. At least put a right. dent in this kind of destruction. You're you're never going to prevent the fires. That's what these global warming uh, frauds keep thinking you know there's just if we just you just give us the power we'll prevent no you'd have to ban lightning you, you you can't stop these fires at best you can manage them to your advantage but right. even that is tough to ask um given the population and like you said the population spread how there's people everywhere now and given the given the lack of political willpower it's much easier to spout off like obama and gavin newsom and the rest of them just just to say see see no what i see is you haven't taken care of what you should have been taken care of taken care of and you often refer to just the, the written records going back, what, a few hundred years, 500 years at the very most, our knowledge of Western fires. But tree ring researchers can trace back fires in large sequoias uh, dating back thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So this has gone on forever. Kenny, Kenny, you mean thousands. 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 Yeah, if you want to take and go back thousands of years. <laughs> Only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India, from our friend Tom Lyman. It's on this date in Minnesota history, September 18th. On September 18th, 1844, Captain Seth Eastman becomes commander of Fort Snelling for a second time. Boy, do we have anything named after him, I wonder? Seth Eastman? I don't think we do. I don't think we do. In 1902, 
Aurelia Wielden. <laughs> oh, 19, oh, 1903. 1903. <laughs> in 1902, Aurelia Wielden, one of the earliest female African-American boxers, is born in Minnesota. She would study music at McAllister College, earn recognition as a world female champion bantamweight, and eventually move to New York City and perform in musicals at the Apollo Theater. I have not heard of her. Wow. What a weird juxtaposition, a boxer and, um, oh, and a, that's yeah. fascinating. And finally, on this date in 1923, Al Quee was born near Denison in Rice County. Beginning in 1958, he would represent the state in Congress for 10 consecutive terms, during which he advocated uh, legislative bills relating to education, agriculture, anti-poverty, and labor issues. In 1979, he would be elected governor as an independent Republican. I knew Al Quee. I didn't know he was from Denison. Mm-hmm. Do you know Denison? Well, it's my, those are my people, Joe, Race County. Come on. Ever eat venison in Denison? <laughs> and because I don't trust you to do it, I'll do it. What's that? Uh, he's 97 years old, and he's still with us. What didn't you he's, trust me to do? He's 97 years old. I, I oh, didn't Al trust it. You would, would have bothered to look that up because oh. I was going to say, is Al still with us? And we would have had three different answers. So <laughs> I, I just looked for myself, and we learned that uh, Al Qui uh, was born uh, uh, on this day. Uh, 1923. 1923 uh, in Wheeling Township, Minnesota. It is your show, Such, so, you know, take a little uh, ownership, won't you? Age 97. He's still with us. God bless Al. You know what Al was? was a horseman. He loved horses. Hmm. Oh. So there you have it. Okay. Equest- a Aquarian? Equest- I think it's equestrian. Yeah. Equestrian. Yeah. yeah. All right, thank hey, you, fellas, can I brag? Can I brag a little bit? Sure. I got away with one yesterday. Talk to me. I only made one trip to frat. Okay. Really? And not and normally it's two to three because sure. I always forget something. And even better, I got out of there without giving Fratelloni more than thirty dollars of my hard-earned money. Atta boy. I was so happy. <laughs> so thanks, Frat. I feel like I got away with one yesterday, but the day isn't over and I'll be driving right by your location on Lake Street in a matter of minutes. Here. Nice. Yeah. It's hard to resist, isn't it? Well, yeah. Oh, my if I'm goodness. in the neighborhood, I find myself, uh, uh, I go to the one on Grand and Dale in St. Paul. I can't help myself. And now I've turned into you. I can't, if there's a flashlight on the counter, it's going home with me. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, don't forget, by the way, if you're listening to us via the Pod MN app, you can win GL merchandise, by the way. And how about this? If you listen to GL in the month of September... Someone is going home with an autographed pushback yard sign signed by the entire crew. All you have to do is listen to GL in the month of September, and someone is going to win. Have a good weekend, boys. Yeah, to everybody the same. Yeah.